Wells Fargo Championship, cut line, gonna break it down. Cut line is going to break down the Wells Fargo Championship. And if we have a repeat from last year, this is going to be an exceptional DFS week. Quail Hollow Golf Course is a beast, and the Green Mile is waiting to gnash its teeth. But before we get into the details of the tournament, hello Canada, hello USA, and hello UK. Plus, we want to give a shout out to our lone listener in Turkey. But there's even bigger news for the cut line. We are now available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you like what the cut line provides and you enjoy the show, please subscribe, give us a like, and stay up to date with all the PJ analysis that we supply. And remember that the cut line is winning and winning is fun. I am your host, Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter, and I'm incredibly anxious to get this PGA golf rolling again. And with no DraftKings PGA last week, I feel refreshed and so should you. I'm really looking forward to my Wednesday ritual of building lineups, and as the season rolls on, evaluating potential ownership becomes ever more important. Now, usually my man Zach is on the other end, but this week I'm going it alone. Missing Manafort, Zero Iron Zach, he's backpacking in Europe trying to relive his college days some 50 years too late. Hostel after hostel has so far endured his obscenities, and crude nature that is Zach, and as far as I know, Mulligan Manafort is having a blast across the pond. I wish him the best of his, on his travels, but the show must go on. Now, the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Wells Fargo Championship, and I will do the best I can. Hey, Coach, listen to this. English Bulldog, one testicle, $500. Wow, for that kind of money, you think you'd get two testicles, don't you think? to give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday. I'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside Sam tracks, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And as always, the goal of the cut line is to make sure that not only is the grass green, but so is your bankroll on Sunday. We absolutely want to make sure that your wallet, your satchel, your purse, your handbags, whatever the case may be, that everything is flowing with a positive ROI. And of course, a special thanks to PGA and Fantasy National for all the stats they provide for golf fans and PGA DFS enthusiasts. Fantasy National is helping plenty of players make optimal DraftKings lineups and making players that don't use Fantasy National on the wrong end of the flagstick. How are your lineups doing? And the last shout out I want to give is to Rick Gaiman, who is founder of DFS On Demand. And if you're not following Rick on Twitter, at DFS On Demand, then you're missing out on a lot of valuable data and analysis. Rick has become a mainstay in PGA DFS, and he's one of the sharper minds in the industry. He's currently offering a data scraping class in which you're interested in building your own projection models. This course is a great place to start. As I have stated before, and to Rick himself, his work for the DFS community was a driving force in 
my inspiration to build my own models, my own projection systems, and my own data analytics. So check out Rick on Twitter at DFS On Demand. Make sure you head to his website, www.dfsondemand.com. He's a good guy. So we're going to jump right into our uh, right into our analysis of the Wells Fargo Championship. Now this tournament pool includes past winners J.B. Holmes, Roy McIlroy, Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, and Lucas Glover. Now winning this tournament is no easy feat. Quail Hollow Golf Course is played as one of the most difficult courses on tour year in and year out. In addition, this course was host to the 2017 PGA Championship, and last year was the fifth hardest on tour. Quail Hollow appears to be a bomber's course, as it is over 7,500 yards long, with three par fives and massively long par fours. Yet nothing is more intimidating on the course than the three finishing holes known as the Green Mile, where plenty of DFS players will be sweating their rosters as who's going to make the cut or who could be potentially winning this tournament on Sunday. Now for golfers, they're not going to be faced with a lot of water, but they will always find the fairways difficult to hit, many greenside bunkers that appear to act as magnets, and a putting surface that produces plenty of three putts thanks to obscene speeds and undulation. Now, finding a flat surface anywhere on the course is going to be difficult, so even on the fairways, the most typical shots are anything but. Golfers need four solid rounds in order to be in contention on Sunday, and at any point, a double bogey isn't out of the question. Key stats for you to consider this week. Birdies gained. Par 5 scoring. Par 4 scoring. Strokes gained off the tee. Strokes gained putting on Bermuda. Strokes gained approach. Scrambling in sand. Save percentage now these stats are aspects of winners from past years and i wouldn't shy away from evaluating these performance stats on bermuda and difficult scoring courses regardless of how nasty this course can get the real show of this tournament is the field of golfers that we're going to watch struggle or succeed on the green mile now for our new listeners our birdie and better segment of the podcast analyzes the DraftKings field and pricing tiers i'm going to take my favorite plays from each tier and in addition in addition I'm going to indicate, you know, which player that I just intend on feeding for the week. And, you know, it's beneficial to help you make stronger lineups for your GPPs. So we're going to jump right into it. We're going to start off with the 10K range. And my favorite golfer from this tier is Roy McIlroy. In his last 50 rounds on extremely difficult Bermuda courses, he's number one in ball striking, number four in approach, number four in strokes gained par fours, and sixth overall around the green. Now, you need to score on the par fives here at Quail Hollow, and Roy ranks third in the field on strokes gained on par fives. And one other important note, he's the only player in the field to win this event twice. And as of right now, I'm anticipating pretty high ownership, but we'll see how it pans out. People might have heard that, you know, I have a hard time constructing lineups that are primarily, you know, stars and scrubs, but even if he is chalk, he's not someone that I'm opposed to owning. The next golfer in this 10K range is Ricky Fowler at 10,600. Fowler has pretty elite stat course history and even has a win in 2012, which I believe was his first win on tour. But more impressive is Fowler's fifth place finish at the PGA Championship. The course layout was even more difficult than, when, uh, and than what golfers are going to see this weekend. And as of now, I'm only seeing somewhere around 15% ownership, which I think indicates that I'm going to have a lot of Ricky Fowler. Now, Fowler isn't necessarily popping on my fantasy national model, but he ranks 10th overall in my private model. And the most appealing aspect of Ricky is his ball striking talents and his ability to putt. His putter's on fire and has been on fire all season. Now, Fowler does typically struggle around the green, so it does give me some cause for concern, but not enough for me not to roster him. 
Now my, my final play in the 10K range is going to be Justin Rose. I'm really hoping that a lot of players are still jaded or on tilt from the Masters, and they just he just ruined a lot of players' lineups, and and their memories are going to be very very sharp to that. And I'm really hoping to gain some leverage to the field. Overall, Rose ranks fourth on my fantasy national model, but he ranks number one in scrambling, 24th in strokes gained par fours, and 16th in strokes gained par five. His recent form is obviously a little iffy, but this is Justin Rose we're talking about. He he ranks second. In the, in the in the world golf rankings. It's a great spot for Rose. My fade in the 10K range is Jason Day. Now, there is no particular stat that's jumping out at me, but the fact that no one has ever gone back-to-back as champion here, that is concerning. I want to roster 10K guys that I believe are going to win, and I'm going to go with the trend here and fade Jason Day. I, I, I just don't see it happening. And he, he was amazing last year for his win so I, I i just don't see it happening now the 10k range is going to be a lot of fun and, let, and let's be honest i don't think you'd be going wrong with anyone you play up here matsuyama everyone else that's involved in that 10k range but you you can't have it all and you're gonna to have to make some tough choices you're gonna to have to make some stands somewhere and make some hard fates but then the 9k range is going to garner a ton of ownership in fact it brings one of my favorite dfs players and that's phil mickelson at 9100 now, at this course in the last six years, Phil has finished in the top 10 four times and once in 11th place. His only cut comes from when the course setup was far different than the golfers will see this weekend at the PGA Championship. Now, Phil is going to be chalky for good reasons. His stats shine on this course. His club head speed is is unprecedented at this point. And let's be, let's be realistic. He's, he's top 10 in approach, top 10 in ball striking, top 10 in sad saving, putting, and stroking on par 4. Your only reason to fade Phil in this spot is for leverage purposes to the field. Otherwise, Phil just looks like a solid play. The next play is Paul Casey at 9,500, and this goes hand-in-hand with his performance at Augusta. Now, every player struggles throughout the whole golf season, and it just seems like an opportune spot to jump back on board, especially in GPPs. In 2017 at the PGA Championship, he finished in 13th, and last year in 5th place at the 2018 Wells Fargo. Now, if on Wednesday we're looking at an elevated ownership, then I might jump to Webb Simpson or down to Gary Woodland. It just really depends on what ownership's going to look like on Wednesday. But if he's single digits, 10% or less, I'm going to be all over Paul Casey. The last play in the 9K range is Tony Finau at 9,300. Now, the three players I mentioned could easily be chalk of the entire slate, and and I understand that, but sometimes chalk wins. And a lot of people are going to see the names in this 9K range, and the potential ownership is just leaning towards a more balanced approach. The lineup builds are going to be more balanced, in my opinion. That's just where people are going to go. That 6K range right now is a dumpster dive. It's going to be hard to build lineups that you feel confident in, especially if you're a casual player. And that's why I think pegging down ownership in this tournament specifically is key to your lineup construction. Now, Finau has been putting great all year. You know, that checks a huge box for me here at Quail Hollow. But he does struggle somewhat on Bermuda, but I'm willing to look past that. You know, another key aspect of Finau is that he ranks 24th off the tee, 21st in par 4 scoring, 21st in ball striking. He's had trouble scrambling on Bermuda in the last 50 rounds, and that raises some red flags for me. But if anyone is due for a statement win, it's Tony Finau. Now, my fade 
If you don't know, then you really haven't been listening to this show that often. I'm going to fade Sergio Garcia here in the 9K range. When you consider his recent form, I really don't feel like paying up for a guy who's 9900 when I got all these other golfers cheaper in this range. He just hasn't looked great in a long while. His attitude's poor. His putting is atrocious. Now, of all the sort uh, surfaces you know that, that Fantasy National acquires putting stats for, Bermuda is his worst. He also struggles with putting in that 10 to 15 foot range. And we do know that those putts are very, very, very important here at the Wells Fargo tournament. And I'm just not a fan of his par four game overall. He doesn't look the same since he won the Masters. And I'm just not going to buy any Garcia this weekend. Now, an interesting play here that is going to be completely based on ownership is Webb Simpson. He's made five of six cuts here. And if I can get Webb at single-digit ownership, I'm, I'm, lo- I'm going to lock him in. A, a lot of what's required to dominate this course, dominate this tournament, are, are is what Webb Simpson is. It's what he excels at, from scrabbling to his approach game to his ability to dominate par fours. You know, I would keep an ear out for what other touts and their feelings towards Webby are and kind of make your decision come Wednesday night. So we're going to move on from uh, that 9K range. We're going to go down in the 8K range and... We just have a really, really interesting tier of golfers here. My favorite play that's usually everyone's least favorite is Patrick Reed at 8,800. He has the caliber of talent to win this tournament, and right now I have him less at 5% owned. We're talking about a guy who's won the Masters. I'm certain that number is going to increase by Wednesday night. It's Patrick Reed. It's not like he's a secret, but I'll still take shares of single-digit ownership Patrick Reed. None of his numbers are going to pop on anyone's model. But in the last six years at Quail Hollow, he has never missed a cut. That's something to be said considering how difficult this course is. Now, the one key set from Fantasy National is his ability to play from the sand. He ranks number one in the field. And every golfer is going to find the bunker at some point. Now, in addition, he does a great job of avoiding bogeys. I love Patrick Reed in this spot. He's someone who could win this tournament. The next play is Aaron Wise at 8,100. Wise finished in second place last year, and we've seen that before, that it can be expected for players who finish in the top five to finish in consecutive years at that spot. Now, his game is trending in the right direction, and the same trend occurred uh, up when he had his first PGA win last year at the Byron. Now, Wise dominates putting on Bermuda, but what's most impressive is his ability to handle the long poor fours from 400 to 450 yards. Now, Wise also ranks 25th in the field in ball striking, and I'm hoping from a great finish from him this year. I am, I'm a little bit concerned about ownership as he might be chalk, but I'm, it's chalk I'm willing to eat. Another guy in this 8K range is Chucky Three Sticks, Charles Howell the Third at 8,400. He ranks 10th overall in my fantasy national model that values Bermuda greens that are fast and course conditions that just are difficult for scoring. He's made five cuts in the last six years at Quail Hollow, which also includes the 2017 PGA Championship. Now, right now, ownership projections have Howell at 10%. I hope that number goes down, considering he missed the cut at the RBC Heritage. Now, Howell doesn't come without risk. You're hoping for a hot putter. And if that doesn't come to fruition, you might as well chalk it up as a golfer that more than likely won't make the cut. But I'm still going to be overweight on Howell. Now, there are plenty of other golfers that are in this range that I like, including Benny Ann, but my fade for the 8K range is going to be Sun J.M. The machine loves playing in every tournament, but you know what else he loves doing? 
missing cuts in the difficult ones. He missed the cut at the Genesis. He missed the cut at the Players. And he missed the cut at the RBC Heritage. These tournaments are demanding. They are challenging. You have to have a sharp mental game. And you just have to be dialed in. I don't think Sanjay's there yet with his game. And I'm going to be more than happy to watch this chalk miss the cut on Friday. So that about wraps up the 8K range. We're going to go down in the 7K range, which is very large, very vast. And a lot of these players are going to get lost in line of construction. Three golfers that I'm focusing on on this range, Rory Sabatini, Joel Dahman, and Roberto Castro. Other players I like, Berger, Matt Jones, Bill Haas. But those first three are the ones that I really like. Now, every player in this 7K range is going to be low-owned with the exception of Mitchell and Mullinax. And both those golfers are highly touted, and they often garner ownership due to familiarity. And just from the casual player, they know who those names are. But if you haven't noticed, Rory Sabatini has really played well recently. He just seemed to figure things out, and he continues to make cut after cut. Now, now he finished in eighth just a few years ago. So we know he has the game to compete here come Sunday, but my biggest fear is his inability to have a to avoid that three putt on the scorecard. But but I'm willing to risk that, especially at his price. Another guy I really like at 7,600 is Roberto Castro. With Castro, again, you're hoping for that putter that doesn't let you down. But putting is such a fickle thing in, in PGA DFS that I'm willing to have some shares of Castro in my GPPs. Chez Revy is another guy who's had success here, especially in 2017 at the PGA Championship. Now, anytime this course looks easier than the last time you saw it, it makes me feel confident that he's going to have some success. Recent form doesn't look that great for Revy, but he hasn't played in a tournament since the Valspar. And, you know, he has had given him plenty of time for rest and practice and preparation for the Wells Fargo. And in my mixed conditions model, he's currently ranked 7th in the field. He has great stats for the course, and his ball striking and approach shots are key. And I just think he's going to have a great weekend. My last pick, and this is for my main man, Gunderson, is Joel Dahman. Now, he doesn't have a lot of history here at Quail Hollow. But he does have a top 20 finish last year at his first shot at the course. Now, I do worry about his ability to avoid the yips with a three-putt here and a bogey there. But otherwise, his stats look solid. He's 8th in strokes gained on par 5, 14th in scrambling, and 25th in bogey avoidance. Now, my fade from the 7K range is Cameron Champ. Great name, but his game is just not right right now. He seems like he just hasn't recovered from the explosion at the Honda and I think the young buck is just going through some severe growing pains, uh, some mental issues that, that he has to figure out. He's got to work, work out those kinks. And I'm just going to be off cam until he figures things out. But, the, the, you know, that'll wrap up the 7K range and bring us down to the 6s. And, of course, everyone you roster in this range is always at risk. There's a reason that these players are priced at the bottom of the field. But just a quick note, Chris Kirk is no longer in the field. And if you have already built your rosters, make sure you double-check that you do not have him now guys i like in this range include weekend blom sean stefani and, and just to note that make sure you guys do your research on these 6k guys especially if you're going to go with the stars and scrubs build you know the, i think that lineup is going to be contrarian this week and it's going to be very beneficial but two names to also consider are rob streb and brian Harmon, as they made five of the last six cuts when they played here at quail hollow and this includes a pga championship where both finished in the top 20 so that'll round out our 6k analysis
Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. Well, that'll wrap up the cut line preview of the Wells Fargo Championship. Special thanks to PGA and Fantasy National. Also remember that lineups lock Thursday at 7 a.m. Eastern, so make sure you all set by then. Please join us next week as Zach and I break down the AT&T Byron Nelson. Remember to subscribe to the cut line on both iTunes and Stitcher. And give us a like if you love the content. I'm Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter. You can follow the cut line at TCutLine. Trust your process. Get some winners. Go and get them.